everyone. Welcome back to the MNC Bank Center for Women in Business podcast. I'm Rachel, and today we have two very special guests, the winner of our Women of Influence full-time faculty and staff awards, Kristen Casamento and Molly Yanity. The purpose of this award is to recognize the achievements of women and allies in the Quinnipiac community. Thank you for inspiring those around you to advocate for a more inclusive and equitable environment. Kristen Casamento is in her fourth year at Quinnipiac and was promoted to the Associate Athletic Director for Academic Support earlier this year. She also serves as the Athletic Diversity and Inclusion designee for the last three years. Prior to Quinnipiac, Casamento held the position of Academic Advisor and Learning Specialist at the University of Rhode Island, where she worked together with student-athletes to educate them on their eligibility and academic progress. Molly Yanity is an associate professor and the chair of journalism, as well as the director of graduate program in journalism at Quinnipiac University. Prior to joining academia, she was a sports reporter for the Seattle Post Intelligencer and the Daily Pilot. Join me in welcoming Kristen and Molly to the podcast. So to start us off, could you both give us some insight on your backgrounds and how you started at Quinnipiac? Sure. Um, This is Kristen, and I actually started... uh, as a graduate assistant at Wagner College in athletic advising. And um, I met uh, the UConn men's basketball coach currently, Dan Hurley, when I was there. And he has taken me on a ride through academic advising and athletics with men's basketball. And uh, four years ago, when I accepted the position at Quinnipiac um, as the senior assistant athletic director of academic support, um, I was so excited for a new journey in my career and have loved spending the last four years at Quinnipiac now as the Associate Athletic Director for Academic Support. And I had no idea that. That's awesome. Yep. Very cool. Um, I'm Molly Yanity, and uh, I was a sports writer for 16 years. Um, I was a sports writer in Southern California and Seattle. And in 2009, my newspaper, the Seattle Post Intelligence, are shut down. And um, at that point, I was really unsure of what to do next. So when you have no idea what you're going to do, you go to school, right? (laughs) Um, So I I got a master's degree and subsequently a a PhD at Ohio University. And um, when I was on the job market, I uh, got a a few offers and Quinnipiac was the best one. And I have now finished 10 years here. Nice. So both of you have made some moves for your jobs um how do you get the courage to just pick up your stuff and kind of leave for a job Uh, you know for me it was just about continuing to grow and change and be you know a little bit uncomfortable and i think with each experience i've learned more about myself as a person not maybe as much as a professional like at the beginning but a lot as a person and i think that each job has given me a different skill um, to learn and, and to grow from. That's really cool. You know, it's funny that you, you phrase it that way because I very honestly have never thought of it as, as a courageous thing, honestly. It's just, you know, I was, I, I grew up in Ohio and I went to undergrad in San Diego. So right. I was like, get me out of here, let's go. <laughs> and, um, and I never really thought of that as a, as a huge deal. My, my parents definitely did, but I was just excited. Um, and then, you know, I, I was in Southern California for a while. Some days I really still wonder why I left there. But, um, and just, God, the weather. But as a sports writer, I probably couldn't have afforded it. Uh, but, you know, I was in a couple different places in Southern California. And then I moved up to Seattle for a job. And, again, there was no real 
you know, deep thought about it or like, oh, God, I'm going to have to summon up the strength to do this. I was just super excited to do it. Um, I, I was not excited to move when my newspaper shut down, though. I, and it wasn't about where I was going or anything like that. It was just that I really thought I was going to be a sports writer for my whole life. And I thought I was going to do it in Seattle. And, and I, I loved the job. I you know, still have great friends there. I owned a house. Um, and, uh, but, but it, I think when I left, I thought it would be temporary. Um, and very quickly I realized that I'd found something else I loved when I was in Ohio. I mean, I, because I'd had this, you know, extensive professional career when I got to Ohio university, I, they, they put me right in the classroom to teach. Um, so I'm getting my, you know, first my master's, then my PhD. And I was also teaching two, two classes a semester. And, um, and I loved it. I mean, like I loved the college environment. Um, I kind of had this little pack of undergrads that were, um, that were all, you know, wanted to be sports writers and sports broadcasters and they didn't have a, a full-time sports, um, person then. So this little pack kind of followed me all over and, and they were just, it was so inspiring. So then, you know, at, at that point I'd pretty much decided that the likelihood of going back to Seattle was not was not realistic so mm -hmm. um you know I, one of the jobs that I got offered was in uh, was at Boise State and I was like well that's kind of close that's still in the you know the Pacific Northwest and then they gave me the financial offer and I was like oh no that's not happening <laughs> um and but uh and so when I came here I, I you know I I'd, I'd never given I, this sounds awful but I'd never given the state of Connecticut a thought like it wasn't in my and, and I, I realized how bad that sounds but it just wasn't I mean I was on the west coast and then I was yeah. in the, like it wasn't mm -hmm. I was like oh man that's a place I want to live like it never crossed my mind um I really didn't know anything about Quinnipiac but when you know I met the people that were going to be my colleagues through the interviewing process and again it was just excitement I was like oh my god they are smart cool people and this is a beautiful place, and oh, hey, you know, like lobster rolls sound good. <laughs> so, <laughs> so let's go. So, yeah, that's awesome. Um, so, both of you are the winners of our Women of Influence Award. So, clearly, the Quinnipiac, <laughs> they just give each other a fist bump. Um, so, clearly, the Quinnipiac community has expressed a lot of gratitude towards the impact that you make on them and on the campus. So could you tell our listeners a little bit about all the work that you do here, your interactions with students? Yeah, I mean, uh, my whole job is student service and student orientation and anything student-facing, and I think that's the best part about my job. I, when I became the associate um, athletic director, I was nervous I was going to lose that, you know, student impact or that student, you know, facing as sometimes administration we don't get the same impact as an everyday advisor like I had in my previous two institutions and to be able to still do that is something that I really enjoy um, so much every single day. My day is packed with all of them and sometimes they drive me crazy but it has been such a joy um, and in I got here in remember 2019 in 2020 during COVID um, the NCAA created a position called um, the Athletics Diversity Inclusion Designee and diversity has always been a huge um, passion of mine um, specifically you know finding my own identity as a queer person and so throughout my journey as a professional I've really embraced teaching and learning on on that end 
you know, um, and so through this position, I get to continue that work at, you know, a much higher level. I get to work with the DCGE, um, with safe zone training, with different, um, you know, events on campus. I'm working with um, the Cultural Events Committee and V um, in the DCGA um, for uh, uh, a uh, Heritage Month. And so I think that those instances really liven me up, you know, um, <laughs> in comparison to my everyday job. It's something, you know, also that's really passionate for me. And within the athletic department, continuing to create, you know, uh, an environment where they can have conversations if they don't understand something, both at the staff, the coaches, and the student level. Because athletics, sometimes people say that we're um, above, you know, in diversity because a lot of different people, you know, are athletes. But in the grand scheme of things, we're behind in a lot of things. You know, women athletic directors, you don't see very many, right? We have very few uh, people of color in power across the nation. And so where we, on our student population, we have really great diversity. Sometimes in our staff and our coaches, we don't have the same diversity. So continuing to do that and respect each other um, is a huge part of what um, I'm passionate about and how I kind of bring um, my other side of my influence into my job. And I think that as a queer person on the Quinnipiac campus, I hit a lot of roadblocks in my fertility journey. And before me, no one wanted to talk about them. And I'll talk about anything um, and I'll fight for anyone and, and living in the state of Connecticut um, my wife and I made a choice because they had so many options for our potentially growing family and so to hear that there were some roadblocks for us I was so you know taken aback by them and when um, I heard them I said well somebody's got to fight for them so it might as well be me uh, and so to be able to provide you know, fertility support um, for Quinnipiac staff administrators uh, in only three years with the help of the wonderful human resources um, person, Laura. Um, I, you know, we have things like that and I hope to continue to fight for that part of um, my job as well, you know, because if so, if no one's going to fight, I'll do it, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Correct me if I'm wrong, but the, sure. the, um, the enhanced insurance to cover fertility, that just kicked in, right? Yes, that just happened in January. <laughs> yeah, because I have a colleague who, who was dealing with that, and and she, you know, and she's like, "Hey, this this is going to be changing," and and I was like, "Excellent," because that just trying to figure out that in, insurance stuff was it was hard, horrible. Yeah. yeah, and so if if I could do that for if I could change that for one person, I was excited about yeah, it, you and did. I think that it, you know. No one thinks about that part of our job, right? That is that is part of you know who we are. And I always tell my students, if there is something in any part of your job, benefits, you know, uh, money, not just money, like your actual benefits, you fight for those things because they're just as important as the dollar amount that you get in your pocket. And so I think um, that that has been a, a victory for me that I've been so proud of, you know, and um, I, I just, I love my job so much and I love that Quinnipiac gives me the opportunity to do the things that I get to do, you know, I get to teach FYS as well and so I get an entire different group of students, 
um, I talk about diversity in athletics, and that's kind of allyship, and we talk about that throughout the whole class. And so to do my job on the everyday and then to um, impact my first-year students and as a faculty affiliate in the living learning community, doing all of those things, I just love making one student's day. If out of the whole year I can change one student's day, like that is is, is my hope and, and my goal in the end. So, um, you know, I'm a, a journalism faculty member and I'm the, the chair of the journalism department and, and director of our, our sports journalism and journalism master's programs. And, you know, I think that my quote unquote influence really happens in, in the spaces that are created in, um, you know, a student organization. And the, I uh, started the Quinnipiac chapter, chapter of the uh, Association for Women in Sports Media. And, you know, I, I kind of joked about the, the little group of students at Ohio University who, you know, I joke about the, how they followed me around. I was like a mama duck and a little baby. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I, I don't think my students follow me around like that here. But when they have media questions, whether it is about, you know, personnel, um, journalism issues, um, problems, I am really proud of the fact that they know they can get a hold of me and that I will be the person who can advise them and and ultimately support them. Um, it happens, you know, it, it happens all the time too, you know, um, uh, particularly with, with our student in student media outlets. Um, you know, I, I remember a handful of years ago there was an, an incident uh, where uh, there was a, a student who, like a Snapchat of a student in blackface, and there was a kind of a national controversy about it, and it, as you know, one of many things that was going on in the, the country at the time. And our students really screwed things up in, in the coverage of that. And when, when they failed, as, as students are supposed to do, right? I mean, this is the place where they can do that, but it, that is a forward-facing product, and the public sees that. And I'm not kidding; it was 11 o'clock at night, and they realized they'd really messed something up. And the next thing I know, there are four of them sitting in my living room, like uh, until past midnight. And we talked about the next steps. We talked about what they learned in that moment, and how they could, you know. You know, not maybe not make it right, you know, because you can't go back and change it. But how moving forward could could they could, could they do better? And they, you know, literally we they left in the wee hours of the morning, and um, and and they started the next morning on on fixing it. And I was so proud of, at, at that. And and that's just one example. I mean, you know, it, this year there have been things with, uh, you know the. A, a student who last year had died of a drug overdose and um, uh, you know just some some issues and things that they've written about or, or broadcast about and I know that they're hard things and that the students are scared and I'm really really glad that they have my number and use it and, and to me that is I am just I am so incredibly you know I, I am so thrilled with um, I guess I should say I'm, I'm just like honestly like filled with this sentiment this really fond sentiment that that they trust me to do that and that they know that they can come over and they know that they can call at all hours and you know that, that, that 
I am one of those people that they will go to. And that, it, like, I get weepy thinking about it sometimes. Like, it's just, <laughs> I, I really do. I mean, it's just, it's this thing where I, you know, there's a trust that we have. And, you know, it's really funny. Like, the, the new editor-in-chief of the Chronicle and the new um, president of Q30 were just announced in the last few weeks. And the old editor and the old president sent me a message, sent me text messages, and it's like, is it okay if we give Katie and Connor your number and the the secret bat email address? <laughs> and I was like, you know, absolutely. And and it, like I was just like, it's you know, it's this thing now. And you look through my phone, and all these old student media members are on it. And and then when they graduate, they they still make those phone calls. You know, um, when we talk about, uh, you know, they want to talk about new job opportunities or um, a, a young woman reached out a couple weeks ago uh, and she'd kind of gotten into it with her with a, a, a broadcast manager and she's like you know what's your advice on this am I way off base am I you know, and and we just sat and talked through it and I mean she, I think she's been graduated six years and that is just that's, that's my heart exploding for, <laughs> since this isn't on camera but I, it's that I just that's the stuff that that gets it for me. yeah that's very one motivational two inspiring because you've created this safe space for your students whether that is someone that has graduated already or someone who still goes here Um, and you're both very knowledgeable whether that's in your careers or just um, with your experiences so if you could go back to college and give yourself one piece of advice what it would be I saw this on your list of questions. And I was like, "Oh my!" This one's actually <laughs> my favorite one. So, oh, you, you got one ready? Because I, I, I don't I think, think do. I would do anything different. Okay. Because it got me to where I am today, and I think I'm where I'm supposed to be. You know, um, I think that a lot of people. I explored a lot in college. You know, I changed. My, I was a sports communication major. Fun fact. <laughs> um, and then my dad said, you'll never make any money. And so got a second dad degree. dad was not wrong. <laughs> but my second degree was in math. So I don't know, you wow. know what he was doing. But. That is a full set of skills there. <laughs> and now look what I do. But um, I think, and then I went to graduate school to be a math and special ed teacher. Um, but I, I think exploring all parts of things that bring you joy and make you feel passion of some sort not enough students embrace that and I felt like I I tried to do that in college but I feel like I say that to my students now every day if there is something you like try it it doesn't have to be your major it doesn't have to be you know the rest of your life my favorite thing to do is cook and I don't know if I'm any good like my wife likes what I make (laughs) you know and I do but it has nothing to do with my job and neither, you know, does some of the other things I do around campus. But that doesn't mean I don't find passion in them. And so as a college student, to explore your passions that might not be directly associated with what you want to do for the rest of your life could really invigorate you in a different way and balance how you are approaching your own, you know, professional career one day. You know, like I've had students who are like, I'm going to work in a hospital. Great. That's awesome. Work in a hospital. What do you want to do? Oh, I don't know. And they wind up being an accounting major and go work in the business section of a hospital. And I'm like, yeah, you're doing both your passions, and that's okay. And so my whole thing is about 
exploring all of your passions and really em embracing the college experience to the full potential. Don't like just sit there and study all the time because that's not going to get you anywhere. Except from the academic person. <laughs> 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 okay. Yeah. Um, I'm telling my nurses. Okay. <laughs> 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 no, for me, I, I, she kind of stole my thunder I'm a little. Sorry. On that. <laughs> but the, the truth is, is that I mean, I really, I don't have any huge regrets about anything, and. The, the things that I would tell my younger self would be kind of practical. I mean, like, I played softball in college in San Diego, and we never wore sunscreen. <laughs> and I'm not, stupid. right? I, and, like, I, like, our coach was actually an athletic trainer, and the, no one ever said anything about it, you know? Like, I, I know this sounds really silly, but honestly, like, two of my teammates have had skin cancer, and I have, like, this crazy skin damage, and thank God it's not cancer yet but i, I would have worn sunscreen like okay wear sunscreen yeah. and the other thing would have been even though my parents and grandparents told me this all the time i never listened is to save money better <laughs> <laughs> so right it is so true uh it, so just really practical things but i don't have a you know she's right in the sense that it is a time where you get to you know i i one of the things that i worry so much about our current students is, and, and, and this all makes sense. I mean, college costs a ton of money now, mm -hmm. and I know it cost a lot then proportionately, but it was different when I went to school. So with all that money comes a lot more pressure to get your return on investment and that, and I, I get that. But um, the amount of pressure that I see our students, and I imagine athletes even more, mm -hmm. um, it, it, it makes the overall experience more limited. And I, I try to tell students that you are in a place right now where you, where honestly, it's going to be, you, you can't screw up too much right now with the exception of fentanyl, okay? Like stay away from drugs and because that is an, a mistake you can't come back from. But other than that, like when it comes to, to classes that you choose or your grade point average or any, you know, or the, you know, you did the wrong internship or whatever, all of those things you're young enough that you can you can screw things up right now and it's gonna be okay but the pressure that comes with feeling that it's not gonna be okay or um you know i, I had a student who a couple years back who got through you know she's in her senior capstone and realizes that journalism is not what she wanted to do and it's too late and she's got to live with this and i'm like victoria it's gonna be okay like you, you are gonna be fine. And I realize that, I mean, you know, she's coming to my office bawling, crying, and like, this isn't what I wanted to do. I'm like, it's fine. You know what, and she is now working on a master's degree in teaching. She went overseas and um, taught English as a second language, and she is happy and thriving. It was okay, mm -hmm. you know, and I wish I could have just taken that stress from her at that moment, because that is something that I, I that it was very different from when I was in college, that I see now that I am really, really glad I didn't have to deal with. And I also, I mean, um, it's my, my, at the time, my, my parents had not um, finished school. My mom now has a master's degree and everything, but my parents didn't go to college, you know, right out of school. And so when I went, um, they didn't have a lot of the, you know, the benchmarks of you need to be doing this or you need to be doing that. And I mm -hmm. didn't, I was also really far away. So like there wasn't a whole mm -hmm. lot they could do anyway. And, and I screwed up plenty, you know, I. Mm -hmm. I went to a, a Christian college and got in trouble all the time. <laughs> 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 you 
You know, like I was in trouble all the, I was grounded in college. How does that even work? <laughs> but I just remember my mom calling me and or we talked and this is funny, but we talked from a payphone in the dorm and she was like, Here's the deal. Like you're you're out there and you're doing this and you're an adult now. Like so your decisions are yours, figure it out. And, you know, if this is where you wanna be, then you need to get your act together. And she was right. And the thing is, is you know, I see so now I don't see parents do that a lot. It's more like I get calls from parents all the time, right? Like, my mom would would have rather have you know turned over in her grave than that than she made a call like that. And I just I really appreciate that too. But because it was it was like okay, I have this decision to make: do I leave this school or do I not get caught drinking on campus? Right? I mean, like it's like something like silly, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not, you know, it was just it was just a decision I had to make, and you know, but I don't regret making that decision. Right, like mm-hmm. I th- because, like you said, yeah. all the mistakes and the thing and re- you know minor regrets get you to this point. And uh, in students right now, you're you're just you're too young to screw things up. So let give yourself yeah. a break a little bit. That's actually a very different answer than I've ever gotten. I've done a lot of these, and I ask this question pretty much every time because it's my favorite one, and I like to see what people answer. Um, And most people will come up with something that they would change, but I think it's refreshing to hear that it's okay to not change anything because in our stage of life, um, I feel like we're too afraid to fail because we know we're setting a base for our future. But I'm a grad student right now, and even looking back, I would tell myself, like, don't put so much pressure on yourself. Like, there's no need to do that because you're just going to – you're stressing yourself out for no reason. It will work out. And I haven't – I'm graduating in May, but – Congratulations. Thank you. Um, But even looking back now to my first year, I'd probably tell myself, like, why are you so hard on your – you're a first year. Go and have fun first, and then – you know, it kind of, it works out regardless. I mean, I am lucky enough that I, so I'm a finance major, but I'm lucky enough to have stuck through it and still like it. I know a lot of people realize their fourth year, they don't like it, just like the student you mentioned. Um, But I think I'm pretty lucky to have that I really like this. Like, let's stick with it. It's awesome. Yeah. Good, good for you. It's, it's very funny. My, my two best friends. Did you save money? Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you save money? My two best friends uh, and my wife all changed their career. And we're, we're only, you know, 35 mm-hmm. years old. We're not, you know, you know, in our, our late stages of life here. So, like, you can still do that. Yeah. And drastically. Mm-hmm. Okay. My my best friend was a communications major at Marist, and now she delivers babies. Wow. Okay. She's a nurse, and she delivers babies. She also stomped grapes at a winery um, in between <laughs> in New Zealand uh, while she was playing professional rugby. So you can do anything, you know. And mm-hmm. uh, my wife just completely changed her career. And it was a struggle, and I'm not going to lie that it's going to be – hard if you change your horse she was a sociology major now she works at admissions but (laughs) (laughs) but um you it's hard and it if we didn't save all that money like molly said we would have been not okay good for you you know but (laughs) it she was able to do that because you know it was it was the right time to do that but and it was scary i was scared as all anything but she did it, and now she's, you know, thriving. My two best friends, one's in sales, and one is a nurse now. And I think that 
I tell their story all the time to anyone that will listen because you don't have to figure your life out at 18 or 22. I, I changed careers not by choice, mm-hmm. by force at 36. So I was the 36 year old grad student. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm not kidding, those four years were fantastic. Mm-hmm. I had such a good time in grad school. And if you would have ever in a million years asked me if I thought I was going to get a PhD and be a professor, the answer was. <laughs> Who are you talking to? <laughs> and I, I'm thrilled with how it turned out. So with that, I'd like to thank both of you for joining me today and for being an inspiration to those around you. I had a 20-minute conversation with you, and you've inspired me so much. Um, once again, congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> I truly, <laughs> truly mean that. Um, but also, once again, congratulations for winning our award. Um, if you want to learn a little bit more about them, there's a post up on our Instagram at Q underscore women business and our LinkedIn. Thank Thanks you. Thanks for having us.